Thanks for joining us for The Whole Spectrum. I'm Katherine Parks, and I'm here with my husband, Eric, to talk about what it means, in the words of Francis Schaeffer, for the Lordship of Christ to permeate the whole spectrum of life. And for us, our view of art in particular, we love to discuss the films we see from a Christian perspective, so we invite you to join us as we cover the whole spectrum of the movie world, from classics to independent films to blockbusters. Thanks for joining us. On this episode, we're going to start by talking about a movie that has been up for several awards this award season, and that is Ex Machina, directed by... Directed by Alex Garland, and I'm just going to read the synopsis straight from IMDb. It makes it easier. A young programmer is selected to participate in a groundbreaking experiment in synthetic intelligence by evaluating the human qualities of a breathtaking humanoid AI. Sounds super nerdy. <laughs> so we have both seen this film, and um, it's very compelling from a storytelling standpoint and also just kind of implications. Basically, the theme of the film is that we haven't fully thought through the dangers of artificial intelligence and kind of maybe at its very heart what it means to be human. Obviously this is not done from a Christian worldview, so we would take issue with some of maybe the, um, basically we would take issue with the fact that the soul is um, inherent to what it means to be human and you don't really see that necessarily in the film. Anything you want to add to that? Part of the basic plot is this this young guy named Caleb who wins a contest to go see the this guy, I think his name is Nathan, who's created um, what is what he's calling the world's first, you know, artificially intelligent robot, I suppose. Uh, and he's turned her, he's made her with skin and made her look like a girl, a woman. So Nathan wants Caleb to participate in a Turing test to see if Caleb, knowing that this is a robot, still um, might fall in love or or desire um, to be with this this robot. Sounds weird, but it is really um, kind of a compelling movie, asks a bunch of big questions. Well, I think one of the themes of the film is that creation reflects its creator. So we see that um, the creator of this AI is um, kind of a selfish, I mean, he's, he's selfish and maniacal in some ways and um, very troubled, and you see that perhaps reflected in and creation and so I mean that's one thing that's pointed out if the creator is flawed then the creation will be flawed um, deeply and inherently well I'm looking at this tagline on IMDB as well it says there's nothing more human than the will to survive so if, if a human has created a robot created something in his image then it only follows that what he would create would be sinful and flawed as well made in his image this robot, this intelligence would probably be manipulative, seeking its own autonomy, interested in its own benefit in the end. This is a film that we discussed a lot and that, um, like we've mentioned, has a lot of potential topic for really thinking through. And so because of that, it's a great film to discuss with friends. Well, and two, I mean, we're, we're not too far off from science being able to create. I think we've seen you see videos in, I don't know, Japan. I feel like I've seen these robots created that look more and more lifelike. So who knows where this all ends up? It's a little frightening, um, but that's that's part of the uh, 
perhaps where we're headed with part of the why it's important to discuss this kind of stuff, discuss science, discuss artificial intelligence, discuss humanity. But all of that being said, Eric, you and I watched the film together and there were several scenes that we had to just completely look away or skip and some of those were pretty foundational to the point that the director was making. Uh, they contained pretty graphic nudity and what you're seeing is the nudity of artificial intelligence. These are robots basically but the actresses are real and uh, we have been discussing this whole topic of nudity and sex and film um, over the past weekend due to um, some things that we'll get into in a couple of minutes, but I think this is a good example of a film that relies upon some of those scenes to make the point. The film kind of hinges on a couple of these scenes, whether it's kind of the sexual allure of this robot and then seeing that these robots are made as sexual beings, basically. But I think you know, as one reviewer for Christianity Today pointed out, the, the problem with that is that they're kind of trying to make a statement about exploitation, but the means by which they do that could be seen as exploitative to women because these actresses are forced to be seen completely nude to make the point that they're making. So does it kind well, of yeah, fall but, apart? Yeah, but when you say forced, though, they, I mean, agreed to it and their actresses being paid money. Right. But that's the role, too, is to be nude and pretend to be a robot. Yeah, I mean, maybe forced is not the correct word there, but the movie placed a premium on that and determined that that was absolutely fundamental to the story that they were telling. So that leads us into kind of the primary thing we wanted to talk about today, and that is where do we draw the line personally and what are the things that we think about when determining whether or not to see a film and um, how have we wrestled through some of those things? How do we think other believers maybe should wrestle through some of these ideas? So I'll hand it over to you. Thank you, Vanna. So why why are we talking about this? Well, last uh, week we did a podcast um, on our top five romantic movies and some of the movies we got into do have, I think maybe just one of them, but maybe some, some sex and nudity. Um, I don't think any of it's heavy, but uh, it was there and that was kind of pointed out to us, which was good. And so people made comments and we were trying to address some of those in the comments. But it's the more you and I talked about it, the deeper it got and the more facets we felt like would be good to cover. So, um, so yeah, so we want to get just a little bit into sex and nudity in the arts and in film in particular. Christians, how do we respond to that? Should we be going to see it? Should we be not going to see any of these things? We looked at a couple of articles also that just so happened to come out this weekend, which is kind of crazy timing. I think one was from Desiring God, and I can't remember the other one. Uh, Samuel James is a blogger who wrote, um, kind of responding to John Piper's blog. Yeah, and these were coming out on the heels of a movie, Deadpool, coming out. It's a new Marvel superhero comic book movie, which I have no interest in, but probably a lot of people do because people love Marvel and they love superheroes. Anyway, this one is R-rated and I believe has some graphic nudity, some sex, and sounds a little bit raunchy. Um, So that's, I think, why some of these articles came out this weekend is asking people, especially Christians, to think and evaluate 
what they see before they see it, and so that's kind of what we're um, wanting to address too. I tried to explain this a little bit in the comments, but um, our personal conviction on this or our methodology has kind of always been there are certain movies that we won't see at all, and there are certain movies that we definitely won't see in the theater. We like to see some things in our home where we have control uh, and the ability to skip scenes or um, look away or you know mute certain things and so we personally don't have a hard and fast rule about things because we see it as being a little bit more nuanced than that although we would certainly respect anyone who does have that rule and I think some of that comes from temptation coming in different forms and in different ways and just being sensitive to that as believers so one of the things that was brought up is beyond whether or not you are tempted personally by something, is it right for us to view the naked body of another person who does not belong to us in marriage? So, you know, we can say, like we mentioned, these are actresses or actors who are willingly with full autonomy over their bodies um, saying, I'm doing this, I'm taking this on, I have personal control over my body, and I am a willing participant in being in this scene. And getting paid top dollar. Right. And there's a premium on that. I mean, actresses in particular have been paid exorbitant amounts of money to shed their clothes on screen. But does the fact that they are doing that and inviting us to see that, they're giving us their permission, does that make it better? So that's something that we have discussed a lot over the past few days. And And I think, you know, that comes down to even what we were talking about with Ex Machina. It's a fundamental difference in our worldview. We believe that we are made in the image of God, that our bodies have value because we bear his image, because we were created by him. And we don't have the autonomous freedom to do whatever we want with our bodies, nor do we have the freedom to view someone else who thinks they're doing whatever they want with their bodies. Well, just one of the articles that I was looking at, it was an older article from 2001, but it it polled a bunch of Christian critics and some of them pointed to Genesis 1 and 2 on the glory of the created body. Some pointed out Song of Solomon on the necessity of examining human sexuality, the importance of flesh to God, and that kind of gets into the incarnation of Jesus in John 1. Anyway, so, so it was interesting, um, but it, it, again, just got us thinking a lot more. Should we be reevaluating what our own rules, that we've, our own parameters we've kind of set up for ourselves? Are we too tough on ourselves? Are we too lenient? Um, when I grew up, I was in somewhat of a legalistic home. Sorry, Mom and Dad, don't, don't take that the wrong way. <laughs> it was more the school I was brought up in. In grade school and in high school, it, uh, yeah, it was a lot of legalism. It wasn't even talking about nudity or violence or drug use or language in movies. It was A lot of it was kind of just stay away from movies. They're all bad. But as I've grown up, I, I've understood a little bit more about grace, a little bit more about Christian freedom, um, but I've also seen the ugly side of that where it's almost a cavalier attitude that anything goes just watch whatever you want do whatever you want it's all good Um, but there's got to be in my mind anyway some kind of middle ground you do you agree disagree well yeah I agree and I think at the heart of it it's a dependence on the Holy Spirit it's walking in the spirit and it's it's easy for anyone to set up rules and parameters and not to say that those are inherently wrong but 
we can only go so far with those kinds of rules because as we've discussed and um, as we will discuss a little bit further in an upcoming blog post, we can say, I won't see any film with nudity or sex, and yet we could watch a lot of trash that carries with it deeply flawed views of humanity, of women in particular, misogyny, things like that, that um, those rules don't really protect against. And so I think what we have come to and what we're advocating for is kind of a fluid dependence on the Lord and actually praying about the things that we see and sure. engage and um, considering a film, doing a little bit of research about the message and the content before we view it. Well, and sorry to interrupt. That was one of the things I pointed out too in the comments, just to touch on a little bit about what you said. To name specific movies, take Braveheart. It has an R rating. I know of some people who will automatically say no R rated movies for me. And with that one in particular, it's because um, of uh, a, a scene of female nudity. It's pretty brief um, and it's in the context of marriage, but it's there. So some people would say, I just won't watch that. That movie is incredibly gospel centered. A lot of themes that point back to Jesus to sacrifice themes from scripture that I think are really important. Uh, whereas the same person who won't go see the R-rated movie may see, and I use the example of Transformers just because I think it's such a dumb movie, <laughs> may see that because it's PG-13, but it treats its women pretty poorly in that the main actress is in skimpy attire for a lot of the movies. She's sexualized. It's kind of obvious what they're doing there, but some people will say, yeah, that's fine because it's PG-13. When I think that's a pretty rough message to send to women. Anyway, but I don't want to get too far afield here. But with rules especially, sometimes you do have to have hard and fast rules. If you have struggled with lust and pornography in the past or currently, I think you should not be watching any of this. You know, you don't give an alcoholic a beer or drink in front of them and say, hey, it's all good, you know, just trust Jesus. No, you gotta practically get away from that. Um, so, so too, I, I wanna make sure I'm being sensitive to, to people here as well. Well, and, and to add, I mean, as I was addressing a little bit earlier, we don't ever think it's okay to view sure. nudity. We would both say it's to be avoided. If that means not seeing a movie at all because it's just there's too much of it and you can't possibly skip it or you don't know where to skip, then that's something that you just avoid. Yeah. You know, we're we're never saying, yeah, it's okay to see this. Um, I, I mean, I think you know, there's a caveat for a film like Schindler's List, particular scenes of Schindler's List. There are other. Um, sexualized nudity scenes that are yeah. not okay. And I think the same is in, you know, historical movies like 12 Years a Slave, um, and it's dehumanizing, it's ugly, but it's there, and to me that doesn't necessarily disqualify me from watching the movie. Um, it, it's an honest approach to what probably happened, uh, and it's unfortunate. Are there ways filmmakers can still be honest in their filmmaking and not, and not include nudity or sex? Absolutely. Um, but some filmmakers have chosen to go that route. So then it's our job to to think, to wrestle, to pray about what we're going to see before we see it. And I think we would say that three of the movies that we have particularly maybe enjoyed or thought were some of the best in recent years. Maybe said we're the best. I don't know what we yeah. enjoyed necessarily. <laughs> some of them are really hard to watch. But uh, I would say probably both of us, our top three from the last year or two, have all been movies that dealt with the topic of sex and showed nothing and did that in such a powerful way and in fact I think we would both say it's more powerful more effective because 
you're not distracted by seeing scenes that could be um, sure and in harmful so we're referring a couple of them are spotlight one is room uh, I know one of them you're probably talking about is Calvary from last year or two years back sorry uh, yeah and they all deal with well abuse in all these cases right but they know that you don't have to show I mean the imagination is a powerful thing as well so relying on people's imagination is is just as effective in some cases if not more yeah so I think you know we would say it can be done and it should be done well and that's and one of the things that we have the power to do as consumers is to vote with our dollar. And I think that's another reason why we don't see some of these films in theaters, because we can get them for free from the library, which doesn't say I'm voting with my money for more of this content. And that's another opportunity that we have to do, even something that's seemingly small, but if the demand for movies with this content goes down, then perhaps more directors will think, hey, I don't actually need this in there and find creative ways to tell a story without showing us so much. One thing that I found when we were talking about some of this and researching was um, a roundtable discussion with several of the top actresses in Hollywood from this past November. And I thought this was really interesting because um, I've heard Jennifer Lawrence talk about leaked photos of her and how angry she was about people seeing her body when she didn't intend for them to. And the whole idea is that, you know, it's her body, it's her choice to do what she wants to. And if she wants you to see it, then she wants to be in control of that. And so in this interview, she talks about having to do a sex scene. And we've talked a lot about nudity here, um, but we haven't really talked a lot about sex. And I think that's another thing that can be really harmful in in movies. Um, certainly there are things that I have seen, even that aren't um, explicit, that have been harmful, I think, to me mentally um, and colored the way that I view the sexual relationship. And one of the things she said was so interesting. She had just finished filming her first sex scene in a film. And she says, um, it was weird. Everything was done right. Nobody did anything wrong. It's just a bizarre experience. And so the interviewer asked her how she prepared for the role and she said I got really really drunk but then that led to more anxiety when I got home because I was like what have I done I don't know and he was married and it was going to be my first time kissing a married man and guilt is the worst feeling in your stomach and I knew it was my job but I couldn't tell my stomach that so I called my mom and I was like will you just tell me it's okay it was just very vulnerable and you don't know what's too much. You want to do it real. You want everything to be real. That was the most vulnerable I've ever been. And I thought just reading that was really striking to me because um, here's someone who thinks, and she's kind of trying to justify what she's doing, saying it is my job. But at the same time, she feels guilty for what she's doing, kissing a married man and um, portraying something that should really be reserved for this actor to share with his wife. Yeah, and in Genesis 1 and 2, you see the beauty of creation. The, they're naked and they're not ashamed, the beauty of the human body. But in Genesis 3, after the fall, like the first thing they do is hide. They're scared. They, find, they, they found out they were naked, and it's embarrassing, it's humiliating. Is the human body embarrassing? Well, I mean, no, we shouldn't. We're not body shaming here, but there is something inherent in you want to be covered, you want to be clothed, you want to be protected, and it's not right for us to see other people, but
but maybe the maybe the bigger question is, but does that disqualify an entire movie based on a scene or a shot? You know, even with Jennifer Lawrence, kind of a big name actress who seemingly, you know, she can do whatever she wants. She chose this role, she chose this scene, but man, it doesn't make it easy. There's some inherent shame and perhaps guilt uh, in that from what it sounds like. And I think you touched on an interesting point that, you know, some people would say that content completely disqualifies a film. Being forced to actually sit through and watch it would disqualify it, in my view, I think. But another example of the detriment of hard and fast rules is, say I have a, a friend who is discontent in her marriage and she's really struggling. There are a lot of films that maybe don't contain explicit sex or nudity, but that would be extremely harmful, I think, to her just by virtue of the fact that they present a false ideal of what romantic love is. Most chick flicks, I would say, fit that category because they're going to tell her and me as a woman this is what a man should be like, this is how you should be treated, this is how it should feel, and it's not honest. I think it would contribute to some of that lack of contentment. Whereas, you know, one of the, the movies that we mentioned in our Valentine podcast, The Painted Veil, unfortunately does have some content that, that we really wish was not in the film and um, that we have to skip over when we see it, but it conveys such a strong message about um, what marriage really is, what true sacrificial love is. And marriage fidelity. Yeah, fidelity. It definitely deals with that. I would much rather her watch that with that, the caveat of, you know, you need to skip through this than some of these films that content-wise may be totally benign but have a deeper message that would be more harmful. Yeah, maybe a, a skewed worldview versus something that's maybe a little more risque, but also more honest. Is that where you're Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. And and since you brought up chick flicks, I'm I'm really sorry to do this to you people, but I don't love chick flicks, and I think sex in in comedies is uh, pretty problematic for me anyway, because so often sex and or the human body is there for a punchline. It's there for joking, for laughing at. So I can't, with my conscience, and some of the parameters I've set up, most of the time I'm just not going to watch a comedy that has that kind of stuff because it's not often redeemed, it's not often an honest approach to filmmaking or storytelling. So yeah, that's that's another <laughs> another aspect too. Yeah, I mean, I think we've thing. had to stop watching shows because it did become problematic. And even shows that didn't actually show anything, um, kind of a normalized sexual immorality culture was so inherent to the message of the show that it just became detrimental, I think, to engage with it. Yeah, like if there were six friends that were always hanging out <laughs> and sleeping together, like what, any examples of some of those shows? <laughs> I'll be there for you. Wow. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Beep. <laughs> so those are kind of our thoughts. This is a fluid process, and I think it changes um, with different stages of life with um, things that you have experienced personally and uh, even you know over these past few days I think we've had to re-examine some things and kind of solidify our stance and and have been convicted about things that we've let slide or um, recommendations that we've made that we haven't been clear on and so 
Uh, I, I don't think that, you know, we would see ourselves as necessarily authorities on this, but how would you encourage someone going forward who is trying to think through these things maybe for the first time as a believer? I just had to Google it. <laughs> In ancient Greek aphorism, uh, know thyself. To some degree, we can know ourselves. We can know our weaknesses and our struggles. And so if, if lust especially is something you're going to struggle with, then you need to stay pretty far away. But at the same time, saying you know yourself and saying, oh, I, I can watch whatever I want. Well, we also know from Scripture the heart is deceitful, uh, so you can't always know yourself fully. Um, so you, you do need to be careful in some ways. But finding resources is a good way. If Okay, say there's a movie you want to see. It's Deadpool, for instance. It's out this weekend. If you're interested in it, fine. Look up some reviews on it, particularly Christian reviews. Look up what they're saying. A lot of times they'll give some reasons why it's rated uh, PG-13 or rated R or whatever it is. Uh, I'd also say you can use on IMDb, there's a parent guide. There are websites out there. I think one is called Kids in Mind um, that tries to protect kids. And just reading through some of the reasons why a movie got a, a certain rating. As I say that, one should also be careful that in reading some of these descriptions of what's in the movie, that can also be uh, problematic in that it's... It, tells you everything. It's a little bit probably like reading a dirty romance novel. <laughs> Not that I've read too many of those. No, but I have distinct memories of reading my parents' copies of Movie Guide magazine back in the mid-90s. Oh, wow. It did say everything, and um, I so, knew I wasn't going to see the film, so I would pour over the descriptions <laughs> yeah, to so find out what was It can was be helpful, there. but it, it can be a little problematic. Yeah. So doing your research ahead of time, don't just say, hey, let's go see a movie in the theater this Friday night, and I don't really know what I want to see, but let's just make the decision there. Um, Sometimes that works out well in your favor, but other times you watch something and you feel really guilty afterward. Not um, that we're speaking from experience. No, no, we've never done that uh, <laughs> and had to repent right afterward. Oh, and but the last thing really is is pray. If you're interested in seeing something, um, if you've struggled with things, just pray about it. Bring it before the Lord. Um, He's good to change hearts, change minds, to forgive. But also, art and storytelling is important. I think we learn a lot about ourselves we learn a lot about human nature we learn about the goodness of god even through stories i mean you know parables the prodigal son for instance one of the greatest stories ever told that shows the the goodness and kindness of god his grace his mercy his love anyway so we don't want to discount stories and art and film completely so yeah just a lot to think about but ultimately yeah pray yeah, and I think that hits our identity as believers, our identity in Christ. There's no divide between I'm doing this as a Christian and I'm not doing this as a Christian. If if we are believers, I mean, that's kind of the theme of this whole podcast that we're doing is that um, the Lordship of Christ does cover the whole spectrum of our lives. And so, you know, it's easy to write off film as entertainment, but we do think that there are redemptive qualities to it and things to be engaged, um, which is what we've tried to talk about in some of our podcasts, but never at the ex expense of um, temptation, I think. So, yeah, I think that's something that we haven't done enough of is praying through our choices and submitting those to the Lord. And today we're just getting into sex and nudity in the movies. We haven't even touched on violence, uh, which can be incredibly problematic, and uh, we've become pretty desensitized to that as well as other things in movies, language. So 
that's another topic for another day. I feel like we've talked for a really long time. <laughs> so uh, if you're still with us, thank you. Um, we love both of you. And Okay. <laughs> there are hundreds, if not thousands, of listeners. Uh, Prove it to us, guys. <laughs> Write in. Tweet to us. <laughs> And we would love to keep this conversation going. I mean, we're really thankful for the opportunity to be challenged in this. And I'm sure there are a lot of angles that we're not even thinking through. So um, we'd love to hear from you. Comment on the blog or tweet at us. And let's keep the conversation going. Thanks so much.